I am Brad Levitt, host and founder of A Finer Touch Construction. We are super excited to bring this amazing guest list to you of people that specialize in business, marketing, social media, entrepreneurship, and most of all, how to build a great company. AFT is a local commercial and residential general contractor located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we are continuously seeking ways to bring value to our industry, clients, and network. Please subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And we also want to take a minute here to thank our sponsor, Sub-Zero Group Southwest. So if you're starting a new kitchen project, the Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom is the place to start. It provides an immersive environment to help you realize the possibilities of your future kitchen, discover what it may feel like, look like, taste like, all in an exploratory, no-pressure showroom. No matter who you are, consumer, owner, or member of the trade community, the showroom is ready to assist you throughout your entire project. I visit the Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom in North Scottsdale quite often. In fact, it's just a few blocks here from my office, so it's the perfect place to meet with my clients and the designer on the project. When we arrive, we meet with a showroom consultant whose sole focus is catering the visit to our needs. They seek to understand what products may be best suited for the client and then explain and demonstrate special features and functionality. We can browse the complete line of Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove appliances and then view them in beautifully designed vignettes, helping my clients envision how the appliances might look like in their home. The best part is that the consumers can interact with the products, turn the knobs, open the drawers, and ignite the flames, discovering the best fit for them. With the help of one of the showroom consultants, each visit is truly unique to the client. The relationship with the showroom does not end with the appliance selection process. Throughout the entire project, the showroom team is there to provide helpful solutions and offer advice and assistance. After appliances are installed, owners can expect a lifetime of support and helpful resources. The Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom is the place to start, experience, and bring a vision to life. Schedule an appointment at your nearest showroom by visiting www www.subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom. And our guest today is Claire Stazak from Chicago, Illinois. And Claire has an amazing interior design firm uh, by the name of Center by Design. And she also has an award-winning blog. And the reason we brought on Claire, she has tremendous experience with social media, branding, marketing, and of course her blog that we'll speak about in this podcast. Claire is also a public speaker and travels on the country consulting other firms how they can utilize social media to build their platform. So she offers some great advice for all of you on this episode. And a little background on Claire, by gently guiding clients through the process of uncovering or refining their own unique style, Claire tailors the design experience and results are her client's way of living. The result is a personal sanctuary that is a reflection of each client and family, a home that is truly centered by design. Claire Stazak is a Chicago-based designer known for her holistic design process, which combines her well-trained eye for interiors with her passion for wellness. Her work has been featured by the Chicago Tribune, Modern Luxury, HGTV, Domino, Architectural Digest Online, and more. In 2017, the company's namesake blog was honored with an award for Best Design Writing by the Design Influencers Conference. She has studied interior design at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and holds a certificate of kitchen and bath design from Harper College. Claire is also a certified yoga instructor with more than 500 hours of training. In 2018, Modern Luxury Interiors noted Claire as one to watch in the interior design industry. Welcome to the AT Construction Podcast. I'm Brad Levitt, and today we're fortunate to have Claire Stazak with us. Welcome, Claire. Thanks. Hey, Brad. Good to be with you. Yeah. So, Claire, you know, I had to bring you on because... You know, for those, anyone listening, you know, your blog won Best Design Writing in 2017, you know, at the Design Influencers Conference. So let me ask you a question, because a lot of our listeners and even myself have spoken about the importance of a blog and should you start a blog? You know, so how did starting a blog 
or what enticed you to do that when you started your business? Yeah, um, I think so. My original degree is actually in journalism, and a lot of my first career was in marketing. I actually worked for the outerwear company REI, which people might be familiar with. Um, and I think I just kind of inherently enjoyed writing, but also knew how important marketing was to your success of your business. And it just kind of seemed like not that everyone was doing it. I mean, honestly, even at that time I opened my business, which was, you know, the very, very start of it was the blog in 2015. And I mean, the height of blogging was really more like 2008, 9, 10. Um, so I even wondered, like, what's the point for me? Like, did I already miss the boat? But I just did it because I thought it was a great place to show people, you know, what was going on. And at that time, influencer status wasn't even a thing. Um, but I just knew that, you know, for marketing and for people coming to my website, it would be a good idea. And then I think it really sort of took on more of a life than I could have ever imagined. Well, it's interesting because, you know, what I've seen is a lot of the big influencers, right, that have a lot of big, you know, they have a large following. They all did. As you noted, they started blogs in 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, right? In that mm -hmm. time frame, it built over time. They leveraged it in social media. Some of these platforms started going you know, so how, you know, I haven't spoken to a lot of people that have had a ton of success starting in 2017. So how did, you know, how did that really get you on the map at that point? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, so I think the difference is, and part of the reason, you know, I wanted to come on the podcast and part of the reason that I feel compelled to sort of speak on this is because I think that I am much more like your average business owner. Like I didn't have the blog in 2008. I don't have a hundred thousand followers. You know, I have 20 K followers and, and that has still been able to build my business and my, my career as a design influencer so much um, that I just sometimes can't get over how, awesome that part of my career and my job is and so I want to encourage people to to not be discouraged because I think I go to all these different industry events and start this sort of a long way around your question but I think um you know you hear people all the time just saying like oh you just you know you just be consistent and you'll get a following and and it's just it's not that easy and so I really wanted to give people some more tangible tools and I think there are just some principles that you can follow whether it's on a blog or it's on social media or Instagram to consistently you know be yourself and be the face of your brand and in today's marketplace that's just so important to relate to potential clients and you know I think the word authentic is overused but I do think it's a great word and it is something that I really strive for and that's how you get a following and that's how you get people who love you and are fans of your business. Well I, I love that you said a couple of things I mean the word authentic yeah we've heard that well what does that mean but you use the word relatable right so Relatable is how the persona that we're building, whether it be style, personality, that the user is attracted to in some way or, or feels confident in your abilities, right? Because it's going to have to translate from your technical skills to the personality. I mean, essentially, with all of our clients, there's a relationship there, right, that we're building 
for a long time, pre-construction, construction. And so that relationship being relatable, you know, that's going to be really important to the success of the project. And what I really like that you said is that you said the success you've had with 20,000 followers, because as, as you mentioned, so many people get so discouraged based on I'm not growing fast enough. I don't have 100,000 followers. You know, I'm only here. I mean, even to me, I think on Instagram, I think I only have like 62,000 or something, right? But mm-hmm. the amount of business from that, you know, the valuable leads, the content, the, the the quality followers are there. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's about the quality over quantity. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And I think um, even really just it's totally about quality over quantity. I mean, it's nice if you can get to 10K and you have, you know, more opportunity to use links and work with brands. Um, but so let I, me interrupt you real quick. So Claire, explain, because I think a lot of people listening don't understand that 10K benchmark. So what are some of the doors that open up, you know, especially with Instagram with that 10K? Yeah, I think with 10K, um, so the big thing that opens up for people is in your Instagram stories, you have the swipe up feature, which means you can link directly from that uh, image to a web link. And it's really great for a lot of people use it, you know, for shopping, etc. But also just to it's a great way to promote other brands, right? Because they can track that and they can see how many swipes and um, it's a an advantage to a brand who wants to work with you. Which is well said. And you know, it's funny you say that because once you hit that 10 K it does, it, it, it starts to open up those collaborations and ambassador relationships, right. With products or brands, right, right. you know, in our industry. And that's where it really takes off. But even though I interrupted you, sorry, Claire, you can continue on just talking about, you know, how, the, the quality over quantity, right? That you can still leverage the followers you have in a positive way in communication, you know, for business opportunities. Right. I mean, I think there's so many ways to get creative today. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's IGTV, which is the new sort of video component of Instagram. So for a while, there was sort of like a lot of competition between Snapchat and I would say Instagram stories. Um, I personally, I'm a little bit older than like my sister who's 21 and 25 who you know they use snapchat uh every day i never got on that app um but as as instagram really started rolling out more video um it's become another huge opportunity and it is so easy to use um you don't have to have any sort of professional abilities and you can start educational, informational, you know, all different kinds of series, anything that would make sense for your business to start getting in front of people and and becoming more relatable. And it's not easy to do. Um, it's hard to get on video. It's hard to put yourself out there. But um, it's been a goal for my business. I actually haven't even used video as much as I would like. Um, so even if it's just posting, it there's a lot of ways um, to still connect with that potential client. You know, I love that because there's no really, you know, exact method here. You know, I had, an, you know, my guest last week was Danny Wang or a couple weeks ago, and he spoke about, um, you know, he used a lot of video, right? Because that for, for the work he's doing, it really engages his audience on his social media platforms. But then there's a lot of users that use static posts, right? They just have, you know, a, a finished photo or maybe a photo during construction and and that really drives well. And so really it's more catering 
the marketing to what you're trying to brand and the audience you're trying to gather. Yeah, and I think it's a lot too about you know what do you enjoy. So make make it enjoyable for yourself. Um, like, is it if it's easier for you to post a photo or you've got a lot of content? Maybe you know that's the better way to start. Um, if it's if you're not camera shy and you can get on and anytime you're at a walkthrough, you know you're able to film something and give people something of value. That's a really easy way to start a series. You know, like behind the scenes construction, you know, or on the design job site. There, there are just kind of endless options if you look at it creatively i think well i love that you said that you you said that you know enjoy put put content that you enjoy yourself because what that's going to do it's going to entice you because that you know the term discouragement right a lot of us are like well i've been posting every day it's a lot of time it's a lot of effort i'm not getting the traffic i want and it's really easy to become discouraged or burn out with these Mm -hmm. platforms and so but if you're putting out content that you enjoy or your customers enjoy right to see this like resume of their house being built or designed you know, then at least if you're enjoying the content, it's a little bit easier to find that motivation and time, you know, to put into these. Yeah. And and I think, too, one thing that I tell people a lot when I speak on this topic is hire someone to do this for you. So part of the reason I put together this workbook, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit, is um, if you have a team member, if you have an intern, it doesn't have to to cost a fortune to outsource the social media. And obviously I think it's important that it's your voice or your brand's voice, but it is very hard as the business owner to wear so many hats and social media is many people's full-time job within a company. So first of all, I think people need to be realistic. Um, You cannot run a business and grow your social media, you know, overnight alone and expect great results you have to develop a system you ha- you have to be consistent you either have to have someone helping you um and in so part of why I sort of developed some of these products was to just because I was in that same position I, I couldn't keep doing it all or I was devoting so much time to it that it was taking away from you know something else I should have been doing um on the job site for a client And I think that if you can, if you really are committed to growing and you know that this is something that you should do, you you do need to invest in it and you do need help. No, that's great advice. I mean, it's so valuable. So whether you're doing it yourself or you're outsourcing it, I mean, there's dollars spent that bring incredible ROI, right? Return on investment for what you're doing. And so, you know, what would be your advice, you know, before we get into some of, you know, the workbook we're going to talk about, but, you know, going back to the blog, you know, here we are in 2020, and some people say, well, Instagram may be the short-form blog. You know, what advantages with how social media has changed would you see to still have a blog? Is that still important, or do you kind of, you know, change that or edit that to, to fit the platforms that are out there today? I think, I personally think it is important to have a blog because anything that you're doing to update your website with fresh content, you know, um, Google and HTML and all that good stuff, which I'm I'm no expert at. Um, it does like want fresh content, fresh 
fresh information. You're going to be more easily searchable. Um, if you are using Pinterest to drive traffic to your website, you, you need to have a blog because that's where you can pin images and drive traffic back to your site. So you don't have to be a blogger. You don't have to post four times, five times a week. But even if you're just getting up a couple new posts a month, I think A, people who come to your website feel like you're relevant. And I feel like it's just a great way to share and connect with clients. Um, I would not call myself a blogger uh, at this point in my business. We keep a blog going on our website for the exact points I just sort of recommended. And I have many a story of a client reading a blog post and I feel like hiring us because of something that they read. Like, oh, that was my favorite paint color too. Or I saw what you did. I read this blog post. It, it's so much more personal than just the kind of static pages of of your website, but at the same time, I think we invest a lot more time and energy in social media than the blog per se, because everybody is consuming their content on mostly Instagram and Pinterest, at least in my experience, or with sort of the target market for my clientele. And, you know, I think you can do a blog, not put a ton of effort into it, and it can still help you and then spend, you know, some more energy in Instagram. Well, I love that because people are more visual, right? So, I mean, that's where, you know, Instagram, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn, I've been a big proponent of that. I've seen how it's affected my business, which is great for us. But the one thing is to the blog that I'll, um, you know, take that, you know, how it's applied to us you know, we, we're not doing a blog every week. We're doing a blog every few weeks, maybe two to three weeks. Um, but we've seen amazing results from that. It's funny. We, we did one on ICF, which is insulated concrete um, form, right? They're, you know, it's like the mm-hmm. way that we're building these homes. And I've had people reach out saying they, they Googled ICF and AFT Construction's website oh. came up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so what's happening is, is it's, uh, you know, we're talking about net zero or, you know, th- thought process when purchasing a lot what's the next step to build a home and so these are you know these are topics that are everyday use for us as a builder and maybe for you as a designer claire you have things that are just mm-hmm. they're normal day to day but most people don't understand that so if you're putting that content out there now it's driving the google adwords and analytics and seo right that's driving your website which is the end goal anyways right exactly yeah i mean my top red posts on my blog are One is about window treatments and the other is about how to create a mood board. (laughs) So it's so funny, you know, I mean, those are the most searched things. uh, And that like those those posts have just naturally risen to the top. And also I I own and have renovated a bungalow in Chicago. You know, there's a lot of bungalows here. And so a lot of people are searching how to decorate a bungalow. And I I always come up. So, you know, yeah, you never know how those posts are going to do. And if you if you write them well and you follow some basic guidelines on, you know, writing a good blog post that that could live on for 10 years and bring you business. Yeah. And that's so valuable because the key to marketing, right? It's just the more eyes you're in front of, right? The more people demographic, you know, and, and you're going to have different consumers on the blog, on website, Google search. You can have different eyeballs on Pinterest, on house, on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. And so the more you're on all of those, and have different content or messages on those, you know, the more, you know, the wider that net is that you're trying to grab. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it, it, it's hard to do them all, you know, no joke. I mean, 
I'm like, all right, I got to get on LinkedIn after this conversation. I mean, I don't think I've updated my profile in (laughs) a year. So, you know, you got to, you got to diversify. I mean, eventually if you can have an in-house person just doing social media, great. I mean, I think that's going to be the way of the future, but you know, pick a few things and try to just get started somewhere. Yeah, and you, you hit this on the head. It's funny. I had Randy Garrett on a little while ago, and she said the same thing. She, you know, find the things you're really good at that you like to do, which is what you spoke about earlier in this conversation, Claire, where it's like, okay, I, you know, I like to do this, so I'm not going to get burnt out. And then let's outsource, you know, maybe LinkedIn is not a priority for me, so I can hire someone to do that, you know, part time. And sure. so it's really managing that. So out of the platforms, I mean, which ones are you seeing drive the most traffic to your website? I mean, Pinterest is the number one driver to our website. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Jenny Comita, who you had on. And I, yeah, I listened to your awesome. show with her. And, I mean, a lot of that same stuff applies where designers, you know, we're just using Pinterest so much for clients and for inspiration that there is um, just a ton going on there. And that's where so many people are searching for how to's and you know information and inspiration and so i think because pinterest you're usually on your computer while you're doing that i think people explore a little bit more and go to people's websites where i think on instagram and on your phone you know you're usually doing that in shorter time periods and i don't feel like you're necessarily saving and exploring as much information um and so I, I think that Instagram is like a great place to get in front of people. It's a great place to develop your influence. It's a great place to try to get in front of brands who you want to work with or you want to become uh, an ambassador for or influence. But I think number one um, driver for us is, is definitely Pinterest. Yeah, that's amazing. It seems to be the consensus, especially for design, right? I mean, you're a designer and it's very visual and and so you can have a huge impact, right? A, you mm. know, as far as Pinterest goes. So, you know, moving from Pinterest to Instagram then, you know, Claire, what? why did you develop your Instagram workbook, Authentically You? Yeah, I think, um, so I, I had been asked to speak on the topic just here in Chicago um, very frequently for different groups or, you know, whatever, just how did you grow your Instagram? Um, And like I said, you know, I would go to these different industry events and they'd have people up there who had big businesses and big followings and nobody would give any like specifics on how they actually grew their Instagram. It was very much like, yeah, I post a picture every day and like, here's what we post of. And you know, it was all sort of surface and nothing was really giving people tools. Um, and so I thought that I just wanted to put something together that would potentially help people actually take some actionable steps to move their account forward. Um, and that was, that was what I did. It kind of just came out of those questions that I was getting asked and I thought I might as well make a PDF out of this and an Excel file and try to, you know, help some other people and have a product while I'm at it. No, I love that. And, you know, without giving away all your secrets, right, you have some branding, you have some tips and techniques you've learned, you know, what's, what's something simple for, you know, someone who's starting out or trying to understand Instagram, 
you know, what are a couple of things they should be focused on or at least starting with, uh, you know, before they dive deep into something a little bit more in depth that you're doing? Yeah, I think uh, a couple things. So, you know, one of my biggest tips is get get all your apps kind of ready to go. Get them all in one place. Um, know how to use them. So in the workbook, I have a list of all of the different applications I use to help me make Instagram easier. So those are photo editing apps, that's Dropbox, um, different uh, apps I use to create the imagery in my stories. Um, if you can kind of streamline that process, it'll hopefully help you get content out a little faster. So for instance, with Dropbox, I have all my full photos in different folders on my phone. And so it's really easy for me to, to download and sort of organize my photos so I know what I'm posting for a whole week or a whole two weeks. Um, so let me ask you, are you planning out then? So are you planning out, let's say today, you know, it's, we're going to plan out for the next two weeks of I'm posting or is it a little bit more organic, you know, each and every day? Um, I think it's important to plan. I definitely do plan. I wouldn't say I hold it so tight that there's no room for kind of switching things up, but there's a lot of great um, apps that have been developed. I use one that's called Mosaico, but there's Planoly and then another great um, application I want to tell all your listeners about too is called Tailwind. I feel like I should be a salesperson for Tailwind. <laughs> It's Silent a, sales. <laughs> it's a really, really good. Um, you use it really through your computer, but it's an Instagram and Pinterest scheduler. So you can pre-schedule all your pins. You can pre-schedule all of your Instagram, um, pre-write your captions. And that's really good for businesses who aren't necessarily like doing this on the fly. Or if you're a builder listening to this and you've got someone in your office who you want to kind of take this over or start developing, it's it's really good to have these applications to help get organized. Um, and that's kind of part of what, what I did with this Excel sheet we created was kind of just create this template so that somebody could fill it out and essentially show it to their boss and say like, hey, here's everything I'm thinking for the next month. And then they'd say like, yes, I approve all these. And then you go put it in the app and, you know, it's all there and it's done for a month. That's pretty amazing. So there's some time vested, right? They're going to have to go through and kind of come up with a game plan of content for the month. But you're, you're essentially putting in some time in the beginning, hey, we're going to schedule the post to go live at 9 a.m. Wednesday and then, you know, 4 p.m. on Thursday, you know, to get that alteration in there. And then everything's ready to go and it plugs right in and then, and then you know, it's on, on pace for the month. And what's so cool, I mean, Tailwind even, they will generate, based on your current followers, like you connect your Instagram to the app, it'll tell you exactly the time that's your best time to post every day like it's doing all the analytics for you um and you know, it just makes it really easy i love that no that's so good and so you know when you're using tailwind i know it works with nearly all apps you know what apps are you specifically using you know that service for so i so tailwind only works with instagram and pinterest and that's what we use it for so i pre-schedule I put I particularly use it for Pinterest um, because the way that you know 
Pinterest is a little less relational. Um, it's more just image and information driven. So I feel comfortable just pre-scheduling pins for weeks at a time. Um, and I know kind of which pins are going to do well and put them on all our different boards. And those can kind of just have a life of their own. With Instagram, I currently don't pre-schedule. I pre-plan it in an app just so I know what I'm doing and I can fire it off quickly on the fly. But I do not um, pre-plan them all just because it's just not like my way. I'm kind of I kind of like writing them on the fly as as life happens. No, that's important. I mean, it's funny you said that because I I haven't used Tailwind and I thought it was for all the platforms. So it's only Instagram and Pinterest then. Yeah. Okay. And then you know to your point though, you know even though you can pre-plan it for a month, you still have to have some flexibility because life circumstances, the market, you know, there could be things happening where you want to be a little sensitive to, you know, the news or what's going on in the marketplace, just so that way, you know, your, your post reflects, you know, just at least what's happening. Totally. And I mean, it's easy. You could totally pre-plan and I mean, it's easy to get in there and pause it or change it. So it's not to say, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it if, if, if you're the kind of person where pre-planning just makes more sense for you or your business. I think for me and the kind of like life I have right now, I I just, I don't love all that pre-planning and writing all that content ahead of time. Cause I think my brand is really about me and my voice, but I think there's a lot of other companies where you could be much more consistent and, um, that would probably be, you know, of great benefit. At some point, I'm probably going to need to start passing it off. So <laughs> it does. It's a big investment. There's no doubt. So how do you become more, you know, one of the tough things is getting behind a camera, right? It's really important to do that. We talked about that earlier in the conversation, you know, to build the personality and build that camaraderie and, you know, and with, with your followers and answer questions to your customers. So how do you get comfortable being yourself or being on social media? So something that I talk about in the workbook that I think really helps people is I tell people to pick their top five. And I, you know, when you think about your business, what are the top five things? Like maybe you already have a mission statement or a value statement. Um, what are the five things that you feel like really represent you or your business? So maybe that's, you know, um, really like quality, quality builds. Uh, it's, you know, organic materials, you know, I, whatever it is that are pillars of sort of your company. And then think about how you can turn those sort of into different silos of content. So I'm a little bit better about, you know, designer stuff. So, um, you know, color and pattern, that's a big thing. And what we do here at Centered by Design. Um, Also vintage. So we like to incorporate a lot of antiques and vintage items. Um, Family is really important. You know, I'm a mom. I work with a lot of young families and, and and so on. And so I pick those sort of five things and those are my content buckets. And so I, I don't have to think about, you know, what we're posting. I know like I need a picture of kids, family, you know, I need a picture of color pattern. I need a picture of, and that just really helps organize it. And I think helps people understand your brand, understand you 
and and then you are conveying you know the messaging of who you are who your brand is and then hopefully you can start to engage more with people to get comfortable with your audience and then you can put yourself you know behind the camera and not feel as nervous because it's really clear that people are following you because they like what your business is about no i love that and you made a couple of points i want to talk about so one thing is you know you talked about family and person you know the personality behind it so is there a ratio that users should be using or thinking about of how much should be their professional business how much should be personal you know should they go offline getting involved in you know social ventures as well as maybe political things i mean kind of what's your advice to navigate through that yeah, well, I think obviously this is really timely because, you know, while we're talking about this last week was the whole, um, you know, blackout for Black Lives Matter. And there's been some really interesting stuff happening in the social media space where I feel like things have gotten really personal and really political, probably in a way that I've never seen in my lifetime. Um, so I think that there's you know, there's a wide range of opinions out there. Uh, I think my personal sort of feeling on it is I try to be very professional um, and I don't hide my politics, but I don't try to necessarily really push them in, you know, people's face, I guess, to just be blunt about it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I want to let people know who my family is and what's important to me, but I don't like post a photo of my kid, you know, all of the time. So, you know, I think it's really kind of about what's important to you and your brand. But I think what has happened recently has also really made me think about the importance of not just thinking about your brand, but really the larger community and how you want to grow your brand and be seen by all these different kinds of people and communities and, you know, just thinking even bigger than your brand, I guess, is what I what I've taken away. And so I think that's changed a little bit my perspective, because where as before, I might have focused more on just what I know um, from Chicago or my contacts. Now I'm trying to think even bigger because I think social media really allows us to do that and to embrace, you know, people from all over the place who we may might not know or meet um, just in our daily lives. You know, it's, it's interesting you said that because that, that's caused us to reevaluate. You know, our, 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 you know, our platforms are typically very professional. You know, we'll use our stories to show our employees or behind the scenes and our processes, you know, even, you know, my family and, you know, most of our feed posts are typically professional. You know, but with everything going on, you think about, well, there is a time and place still as a company, as a brand, mm -hmm. right, for to give people a voice that may not have it or, you know, to, um, you know, to just work in, in, in the benefit of humanity, if you will. Right. And yeah. and I've seen a lot of companies um, and they're not doing it selfishly. It's just to do what's right. Right. They're utilizing it to uh, to build a more unified following and customer base. And I think you're spot on with that because it's really important to figure out how to um, evolve that and mix it with our own branding as, as well as what's happening in, in the climate. Yeah. And I'll say too, I mean, you know, I think it's been interesting. I've seen a lot of really people with really big followings who may be, you know, getting more political who's, who are saying, you know, 
they're losing a lot of followers um, for whatever statements they may be making. And, you know, I think in an industry like interior design, like construction and building, I mean, we have really close relationships with our clients. And I mean, part of building your brand is, is building it around, you know, people who you want to work with and maybe who have some of the same ideals and visions, you know, of the world that you do. And so I, I think almost it's, it's like a marketing tool in a good way. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, this is this is what I stand for. And if, if you like these things too, then we might work well together. Oh, that's so well said. You know, I really like that, Claire. I think, you know, I've seen that. We, um, you know, I've seen followers that, or not followers, but I've seen other accounts do the same thing as well as ourselves, you know, uh, you know, make some statements and, and there's some lost followers. But, you know, the reality is there's some, things more important to play. And and what you're talking about is that you're finding the right customer base, right? And so what's happening is as you're selective on, you know, how you're engaging your audience, it's going to build the right following of people that you want to do business with anyways, that have that like-minded, you know, um, personality. And that's the whole thing, right? I mean, getting back to the reality of our business, and we talked about this earlier, is that this whole process is based on personality. I mean, so much of it, you know, there's a lot of experienced firms, a lot of great designers, a lot of great builders, you know, but what's the best fit for the client? You know, this is going to be, there's a lot of communication involved, just like in your relationship. And so how do those personalities marry each other, you know, before you even start the project? Right. And, and I totally agree. And something that, you know, I purposefully did not brand my business with my name. I wanted to call it centered by design because it was part of this kind of personal revelation I had while I was um, a yoga instructor part-time and also starting to work in the design field. And I felt like, wow, the same feeling that I get like when I'm really chilled out in a yoga studio, like this is the feeling I get when I'm in like an amazingly designed room, like this peace that it brings me. And, and so people know from the start you know, centered by design, if you kind of read a little bit about my branding, if you start following me, you know, I do a lot of yoga, like every single client that hires me does yoga, you know, and it's like, we already have that in common, like, it's such a common denominator. And, and there's just a lifestyle kind of around that and somebody who prioritizes that in their life. And so if you're able to do that with your branding through social media, I mean, I think you'll be really present pleasantly surprised with who is calling you you know i love that you said that's funny one of my questions for you know was you know how do you you know in, in thinking about clients do they just want to see pretty pictures you know is there more to it about behind the scenes and you really touched upon that already is that you know most customers you know they're real real people too right our followers are real people and they're they're interested you know i the same point from my side you know i've had clients come and say hey brad you know, we love that you're a family company, you know, you have, you know, we've seen your family. It's like they know some of my family already. They know my employees. And so they see that and there's something that attracts them to that, right? And that's why they want to do business with us. And to your point, you know, a lot of your customers do yoga. Well, there's that camaraderie that's being built just through the way you're communicating, you know, lifestyle and design and, you know, and it's such an important part of, of your daily business. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And let me ask you this, Claire. So one one other point you made that I want to come back to is you had spoken about using antiques, right? That not everything 
maybe a custom furniture, uh, a custom design, you know, cabinetry piece. You're going to find antiques in that home. So how are you sourcing, you know, different antiques in your homes? Yeah, we, um, I mean, we use a ton of different um, vendors here in Chicago and both online. I mean, I'd say our two biggest resources for online antiques are um, First Dibs and Cherish. Those are both great websites. I don't, are you familiar with either of those, Brad? I'm not. Okay. Yeah, totally. You should check them out. Check them out. (laughs) They're great. Um, But those are, you know, First Dibs is you know, definitely on the higher end of the market. Cherish is a little more all over the board. So they're both marketplaces where different sellers all have different shops. Um, But Cherish is really, and I think First Dibs does the same thing, but Cherish has done a really great job of, it's very easy to get like a price quote for what shipping this antique would cost, which, you know, in the past is really challenging for designers because if you find something in Florida, you know, how are you going to get it to Chicago? Um, They sort of have that organized in all the different hubs um, around the states, which makes it really easy. Um, And then, yeah, we have a lot of great, you know, smaller shops that we use here in Chicago, just kind of religiously our, our go-to places. I love that. And I, I would imagine a lot, of, a lot of your customer base, they love that because it gives them some uniqueness to their home, right? It's not just, hey, we saw this on Pinterest or house and now we want to design our house to this. I mean, it's it's very unique to the client. You're using some you know, items that you've created and designed yourself, but then some very eclectic or antique pieces and now accent the space. Yeah, I mean, personally, I've just always been a person who's who's drawn to kind of, you know, history. I'm married to a history teacher, and I I love um, old things. I think it gives some soul to a space and a room and some character. So, you know, that is something we try to incorporate into our interiors. Well, and, and one thing to touch upon that, one of the best, I mean, some of the best photos I've seen for photography-wise are when you can photograph a home has great lighting, great design, great furnishings. You have some antique pieces. So it really adds so much character to the space. And so is there a lot of thought behind that with design and collaboration with your contractor and then the antiques, you know, looking ahead, how the final photography will happen? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for for a lot of designers, I mean, I, I love all parts of the process, but that, you know, final photo shoot day is sort of, the day for me it's just like the day you see all those hours and hours of work in detail come together in your real true vision with you know even just down to the flowers and so what what surprised me about a lot of the the builders that we've worked with you know first of all a lot of them don't even you know have an instagram account and second you know, what always happens is, you know, I put all this time, money, energy into photo shoots. And then like a couple months down the road, they, they happen to see something or they get my newsletter and they see a photo in there and they're like, Hey, those pictures turned out really great. You know, can I have one? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I just can't believe like you've done all this amazing work and you don't even photograph it or you don't even promote it. Right. Um, And it's just like all of the photography sort of in the designer's wheelhouse. So I've just kind of always been shocked that they are not taking advantage because, you know, it's such a collaboration and I could not make these beautiful spaces without, you know, their hard work and talent. And I think sometimes, you know, to be quite honest, I think the designer gets, 
you know, all of the credit. And it's like, hey, there was a, a whole team here. Well, we, we see that too. I mean, it's funny you talk about that. We, I, I love our relationship with our designers and architects. I mean, they're creating such amazing spaces that we're fortunate to build for them and our client. And But photography is so important. It's amazing. You know, we could talk about this for a long time about how most people – to your point, it's not so much that they don't even get a photograph. Maybe they don't want to invest the time and money or they're on to the next project and they're not thinking about, okay, well, I finished the construction of the home, you know, that hasn't been furnished yet. The designer's working on that, on drapery, window coverings, you know, f- everything else, you know, rugs and everything that's going into the home. And then they don't come back. They don't Photoshop it or, or uh, photograph it. And they're not utilizing that for all the marketing opportunities that are out there. Right. Yeah. And I think that is part of the problem. I mean, I think a lot of our, our builders and our contractors, they're, they're on to the next thing and the house isn't done, you know, and I'm still working on it for another six months to a year. So I think that that's totally true. And it, and it's partly, I feel like if you're interested in the, the reason that it's important is because if you want to be in social media, you need content. And so if you're looking for a way to have more content, you should partner with the designers that you're working with and talk about it from day one and say, hey, I really think this is going to be a great project. You know, we want photos of it. How can we help you make that happen? Because it is a lot of time, energy, you know, money spent. And I'll often have multiple vendors on a project, you know, like the cabinet person, the lighting person, everybody wants photos. But sometimes I think as a designer, you feel like you're the one putting in all the time, energy, money. So if, you know, if other people are coming to you saying, hey, you know, we want to help um, and we want to be able to get that content and also promote you as well. I think as long as you have some really clear guidelines about, you know, how you're captioning the work and such, um, that it's just, it can just be a great team effort and everybody can probably save a little money too. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm so big on this. It's funny. I've I've said this many times on many podcasts too is that we won't do a project without a designer, right? I mean, there's such value the designer brings to our portfolio, to our company, and not just the overall photography, which is a huge part of it, right? To design these amazingly designed homes that are so beautiful and photographed so well, but it also allows the process to be so much better, right? So much more fluid and less hiccups with the customer and less frustration, you know, having a designer there that's, that's making those selections and kind of guiding the process has really made our life so much easier. Yeah. I mean, I love listening to you on Luann's podcast for sure. It, I think we're fortunate that, you know, everybody we work with feels the same way. And I mean, we feel that way about the, the guys that we love to work with because they understand our value, you know, we're, they're never going to make a call without talking to us first because everything down to just the profile of the countertop, I mean, those things really matter to us. And, you know, if, if it's just not done correctly, then that's a big disappointment for the client and, um, for the design team, because we've put so much effort in, you know, to that vision. So that collaboration is really everything. And I think does make your client's experience, just 10 times better because they know that they have a team with their back, you know? I love that. So let me ask you this from a builder's perspective. You know, if I'm a builder, I have my Instagram page, you know, what are things I should be doing that designers or designer enthusiasts would want to see? Yeah, I think this is a great question. So, you know, I'm about just to give people a little, you know, contact. So I've had my business for about 
I started my blog five years ago, but I've really only been on my own in this for three years. And so meeting architects and builders, you know, in a very uh, saturated market is not easy. And so I'm always kind of on the lookout, like, how can I meet a new builder? How can I meet a great architect? Um, how can I get on their referral list? Because I want to bring them great projects and I also want to be referred projects. And so I think, A, it's just a great marketing tool to think about, hey, not only clients, but if you want to work with, you know, high-end designers, you need to appeal to them and your feed needs to look a certain way. And so multiple builders who I feel like have recently started Instagram accounts that look really great. And I know specifically one who really did his own home and mostly has been just using photos of his own space um and just writing really nice captions and i can just tell that he knows what he's doing he's created a lovely home that's well decorated like he seems like a really great person to work with and you know i reached out to him and said like let's get coffee and let's talk about how to grow our businesses together and you know now he's someone that i call all of the time so it, it's a really great place to not only you know engage with a client but you know, to do, to grow your business in other ways with, you know, colleagues. No, it's, it's such on the bias because I think that's one of the main points people are missing with social media is that, yeah, there's a great side from portraying our business and creating, you know, the narrative of who we are in our business and, you know, these five points that you mentioned. Um, but one of the other things is the, the networking, right, that right. it allows you now to support another builder as a designer or other builders, start building that rapport, that relationship, where now it turns into collaboration and future work opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it's my number one place. I'm screenshotting every architect I see, every <laughs> every builder, every painter, you know, it's like, great. Like, this is my number one source of information. There, there are not any more yellow pages. You know, this is like where you're finding people. Well, and the best part, I, the one thing I'll say is what I found too is that most people that are putting themselves out there that are willing to be exposed, right, to the criticism because we know how toxic, you know, social media or Twitter can be. But the people that are willing to be out there and be on the platform and post photography and be active, right, they care, right? There's a, a sense of pride, a sense of workmanship, a sense of uh, drive. And so you already know that in the most part, I mean, we're generalizing here, but in the most part, most people that are on these platforms like want to do a good job. They want to collaborate. And so it's a more proactive environment for someone such as yourself to now collaborate with them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, you know, Claire, let me ask you this. You know, are, are most of your leads now, you know, from your blogs and your Instagram as is built up, you know, are most of your leads coming through social media or how are you getting those leads? I think... It's a probably 50-50 between, you know, it's always going to be a referral industry. And I think that, you know, that's always super important. But I think we do get a ton of leads from social media where, you know, I have a contact form on my website and people will say over and over again, you know, I found you on Instagram. Um, so a lot of leads are coming that way. What I've also heard from a lot of uh, clients and potential clients is even if they didn't necessarily find me on social media and like 
it came through a referral or it came through some other way, the first place that they're going to check us out is Instagram. And so when they get to your feed and either A, they realize they're already following you or B, they like recognize an image or something, it's sort of that extra push to be like, oh yeah, I think I would like this person or oh, I already follow this person. And so it really helps kind of I guess, seal the deal, you know? So you're saying that it, it, it seals the deal? Yeah, so it just sort of makes them that much more um, engaged, interested, and feel like they already kind of know you because you've got that backup of social media. And kind of um, the word I'm looking for is, I guess, presence or sort of authority, you know, um, in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's a great word, authority. You know, it gives you, you know, a thought leader or, you know, just some credibility too, right? Because yeah. I found that most of our followers, um, they, it, it, it's easy for them. I can meet someone and, you know, ask the question where instead of me just being super salesy, you mm-hmm. know, on that inquiry, I can say, hey, do you have Instagram? Go look us up. You know, you can check us out, see some right. of our stories behind the scenes, content. And it's a really um, non salesy, non confrontational way. To just show your active resume. Right. Totally. Yeah. That That's a great way to put it. I think I was looking for that word credibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I mean, there is some credibility. I mean, at least it shows, you know, it's really hard to sit down with someone the first time and say, hey, you know, I'm Claire. I'm Brad. You know, this is our skill set. And, you know, whereas you get in a nonchalant kind of way, hey, here's, you know, go through the last couple of years, you know, the content we're putting out there, see the project, see the hillside bills, the challenge, the design you know, some of the terminations, you know, all these things that go into it. And it's just a lot easier way for them on their own, you know, at their leisure to go, go do some more research. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's too where the video can become really important. So like I've started to slowly put all of our portfolio, sort of all of the homes in like a little video format. So not like I filmed a video, but you can kind of even just string photos together to make, you know, kind of a a video of photos sort of flipping through and it's such an easy way for me to say to someone hey go to my IGTV you can you can watch 10 projects in 10 minutes you know Mm -hmm. absolutely so you know with social media I mean we spent quite some time on this but one of the biggest things is how do you get press right how's that turn into press now whether with local magazines or business journals you know so how do you leverage social media to get press Um, so I think I'll just tell a a quick story here because this is something just really kind of cool. And these are the kind of things that I think can happen when you put yourself out there and you create beautiful content. So I just, you know, on Instagram doing my thing, there's a lot of PR companies and, um, influencer companies who are out there looking for people to work with. And so this PR company contacted me, um, a fabric and furniture line out of, um, I'm sorry, fabric and wall covering line out of England. Um, the brand at the time was called Style Library. Now they're called Zoffany. But they were looking for influencers to work with. They had put all of their patterns um, onto a clothing collection with H&M. And they were looking for influencers to send the clothing and take pictures. So I said, sure, I'm really interested. This is, you know, I love this kind of look. Um, from there, they kind of got to know me. And then when this brand was later looking for brand ambassadors, they remembered me kind of how enthusiastic I was. And 
I became their brand ambassador and then, you know, got to go to London with them, got to speak at New York Design Week with them. And then from there, my project that I used their paper in, that PR company helped me get it into Lux Magazine. So, you know, I mean, that's a really (laughs) short version of the story. Um, But like, those are the things that can happen just by like enthusiastically wearing a dress, you know, and putting it on your social media. So there's a lot of different ways that, you know, you can get press. But I think what the important thing is, is if you're putting good content out there and you're being yourself and you're also seeking out opportunities, you are going to get press. Well, I love that. I mean, life in general is just a relationship business, right? That's just life for all of us. I mean, and especially in design and construction, it's a relationship business. And so the social media just gives you a quicker way to connect with the right people in the press or to be an ambassador for a product. And so these companies are looking for like-minded individuals that represent their brand because now instead of them spending big dollars on a TV campaign or... And not sure where it's going or in a, you know, mass marketing. Why don't we target a little bit more, you know, a certain builder, a designer, an architect that really has an audience already that listened to them as a thought leader. Now let's let's collaborate with them. And it's just a softer sell for them as well. Yeah. And I think that that's completely true. And I think even thinking about developing your audience on social media, you know, yes, you want to reach potential clients, but if you want to be a thought leader in your industry, then you also, you know, I think I have a lot of interior designers who also follow me and know they're probably not going to be my clients, but a lot of the brands that want to work with me, it's because of that part of my following. So it's also, you know, I think important to think about your different goals and your different audiences and and take some of that into consideration. No, I love it. And so, Claire, what's next? I'm sure you have some exciting things up on the horizon. You know, what are you excited about? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I'm excited about lately is I, I'm starting a new Instagram account. So, you know, people can follow me at centered underscore by underscore design. That's me. Um, but I'm also starting an account called Designer Advice Made Simple. And I think there is just, you know, so many people hungry for design content. And when you are designing on a daily basis, you know, you sort of forget how people don't know just some of the basics or how, you know, really easy tips um, can be so beneficial. So uh, that's going to be a new account with a lot of good information and I hope, you know, can help a lot of people out there who may or may not, you know, be able to work with a designer. And then uh, I've created a 40-page PDF. Um, We really do a lot of kitchen design here. We love cabinetry and millwork. And I want to have this product that anybody, you know, can find and buy to help guide them through a kitchen renovation. That's amazing. So for anyone listening, I mean, if they wanted to look at their own kitchen renovation, then they could contact you and and see that 40 page document that'll help them through that. Yeah, I have, um, if you go to my website, which is centeredbydesign.com, you know, I have a shop page and it's got all the different PDFs up there. I mean, you can buy everything from, you know, my favorite 40 paint colors to this kitchen PDF to, you know, countertop profiles we use all the time. Just a lot of really simple uh, PDFs that you can purchase and download. That's amazing. And I know you mentioned your website, you mentioned your Instagram handle and the new one you're starting. Where else could our listeners find you? Um, so 
I mean, those are the best places. Really connect with me on Instagram. You know, I'm pretty active. I always respond. Um, I always, you know, want to meet people and collaborate. And then, you know, if you're on Pinterest, you can you can just search Center by Design. You can find us there too. Amazing. Well, Claire, I can't thank you enough. You've given some amazing advice. You know, just from you know blogs and leveraging social media and just the quality of the content you're putting out there so can't thank you enough for making time to visit us today thanks so much brad so big thanks to claire for joining us in the podcast this week and some very exciting news for next week's episode we're gonna have a special release on saturday july 4th and we have the ceo of traeger jeremy andrews who joins us and jeremy was an incredible guest that's built some amazing companies changing the culture, changing the systems, and of course, has amazing experience with marketing and branding. So we really dove into his story and some advice he has when you're building a company and how culture is extremely important, especially when you're looking at hiring and the overall uh, empowerment of your employees and how they can benefit your company by creating systems and an atmosphere where they can succeed. 